and welcome to the One Broke Actress Podcast. The One Broke Actress Podcast. The The One One Broke Broke Actress Actress Podcast. Podcast. This is the podcast giving you an honest account of actor life. I mean, can we just be honest for a second? Plus a few lessons I learned in the process. This is what I'm saying. Nobody knows anything. I'm your host, Sam Valentine. Happy Sunday, guys. Welcome back to this week's episode of the podcast. We're going to get right into it. No crazy paperwork stuff today because I have three special guests and we talked for a little bit over an hour today and I want to make sure we have time for all of it because it's a juicy one. Today we have our first roundtable episode of the season. If this is your first time listening in, this means I have several actors in the room with me talking about all different topics, things you guys have sent in, questions people have asked, and overall themes that have come up over and over again in conversations. Um, so this week I have Miller Ty, Dewan Owens, who you might remember from season two of the podcast, and Brooke Tranter. I've known all of these people in different capacities as working actors for so long, and I respect each and every one of their hustles in very unique and different ways, and I'm really excited for you to get to know them today on the podcast. Like I said, it goes a little bit over an hour today, but I think you will not actually want it to end. I think you'd like it to be even longer longer and I wish I had longer to talk to them. Make sure you guys stick around to the end of today's episode so you can talk and hear a little bit more about the solo episode that will come out later this week because I really want your input on this one. It's something we hit on in this week's podcast quite a bit. Um, to sum up really quick for you what you're going to hear on today's, uh, you're definitely going to hear a lot of strong resources for your acting career from agencies to casting directors to classes. We really talk about what should be going on in your reels, how important self-awareness and confidence comes into the play, not just in the audition rooms, but in life. Um, we also talk about making your acting career not the only thing going on in your whole life, giving yourself other outlets that bring you joy, and even how good it feels to make that outlet yourself, aka create your own work. If this is your first time listening to an actor roundtable, buckle up, you're going to love it. Guys, without further ado, please enjoy Miller Ty, Dewan Owens, and Brooke Tranter. So just to identify everyone's voices as we go, I'm going to start with Miller and go around the table and kind of introduce yourselves and any relevant things we should know about you and maybe like the first time that you thought acting was something you would do professionally. Cool. Um, so I'm Miller Ty. Um, I'm originally from Wichita, Kansas, and I've been in L.A. for about... Eight, it'll be eight years in September. Um, I think I first thought about doing this professionally. So when I was in high school, I, I honestly, I didn't know this was something that people did. Um, and then so I was an apprentice, aka slave labor, at this um, summer stock theater. Um, and I just saw a bunch of people from my, my college that I ended up going to and people from other musical theater schools. And they were all being paid to perform for the summer. And I was like, wait, this is so fun. Like you get to get paid to have like fun on stage. Um, and I don't think I ever really officially was just like, this is what I'm going to do to make money. I think it was just like, I guess this is what I'm doing now. Mm-hmm. And, um, 16 plus years later, I think here we are. Cool. So, yeah. Awesome. And next to Miller we have, Hey, I am Dewan Owens. Um, you might recognize him from podcast season two. Yeah, shout out to season two. Everybody on season two, we killed it. We smashed it. I think it was season two. <laughs> um, 
Yeah. So I don't want to. It's almost like you don't want to be egotistical. Like, oh, you remember everything about me, but at the same time, you don't want to repeat yourself. So uh, I'll give you the synopsis, I guess. Uh, I grew up in Baltimore, Maryland, went to the University of Pittsburgh, played two sports, sat the bench in both, um, and then started as a stand-up, toured a little bit, and Bill Burr told me I should move to L.A. Um, because my act-outs was the best thing about my stand-up, so I listened um, to that white guy, good old white guy, um, and I got out here, and then I kind of started taking acting classes and realized that I loved it and started to just focus because I never wanted to be the guy, the stand-up who got a show and then couldn't act. That was like my biggest fear. So um, I started acting and it's been going, I guess, pretty well. Um, I booked some stuff. So thanks for having me. Did Was acting, when did you realize it was something you could do? Um, who? I think when I, <laughs> when I was at, I guess I was in an acting class and I did a scene, and um, this woman by the name of Leslie Kahn told me, that's a great uh, monologue you did. And I said, but it was funny as hell. She was like, yeah, but you changed all the lines to make them funny for you. And I said, I know. And she said, but that's not what this is. And so I kind of really started to learn that, like, oh, this is, like, opposite of stand-up. Stand-up is, like, my ball. I do what I want. And then I'm like, once I started to throw the ball back and forth, and because of my stand-up background studying comedy, I really started to feel like, wow, like, I'm actually not, when people would come up to you after class and be like, that was a good scene. I was like, it was. Wasn't it? I think I'm actually not bad. I mean, I knew I still had to do work, but I was like, I think I, I can hang with some people. You know what I mean? Um, so I think, I guess that's when... Cool. Cool. And next to Dewan, who also happens to know him from way back, yes, is. She's my Hi, favorite. I'm Brooke Tranter. I am originally from Quincy, Illinois. I. Oh, no way. Have we talked about that? You know Quincy, Illinois? Yeah, I lived in Columbia, Illinois. <laughs> there you go, people. <laughs> Sorry, Quincy. <laughs> okay, there you go. It is what it um, is. It is what it is. Uh, love Quincy. Just that's very, that's a coincidence. Okay. Um, a cool week. Uh, a coincidence. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Guys, stop laughing. It's fine. Uh, I've been in Los Angeles about eight years. Eight years at the end of this year. Um, let's see. I was in a production of Peter Pan. I was Tinkerbell. I was three years old, and I was told to circle Peter and Wendy three times. After fifteen times, the stage manager had to come and pull me off the stage. My parents said that is when they knew, and I think that is when I knew <laughs> this was a lifetime endeavor. No, I really never stopped acting after that, so it was never really a question. It was just, I've always kind of been going to the next thing, That's whatever awesome. that means in my acting. And uh, I don't know, been improvising for about the past 15 years, and now, um, yeah, starting to do it professionally out here, and I've met some really cool people. I love the city. Cool. Yeah. All right, so today we're just going to kind of chat about different stuff. Uh, I like this group because it's a, I feel like it's like the crosshairs of 
the acting world. Like you all come from different backgrounds. You guys all do different things and you've all had different experiences. And I know a little bit of each of yours. And I think it's really cool to be able to, for us to all tell of our opinions. Um, and so I reached out on Instagram to people um, and asked them some questions. And so we're going to kind of go through those if we can riff off other topics as we go. Um, but basically... One of the biggest questions, and I think that this is something that actors just, it's so hard because it's so out of our control, or not, um, is the reps, is getting agents, getting managers. So if anybody wants to start and talk about either their experiences, I know, Dewan, you had some real special ones out of the gate. <laughs> if you want to open us up with Yeah, that. I had some embezzlers. <laughs> Shout out to the people who took my money. Oh, hey, I'm uh, going through that right now. See? Yeah, there you go. See? You thought I was unique. <laughs> it happens all the time. That's all shit. Um, represented, I mean, again, like, I think everything is so people try to put like a a map to stuff and it doesn't always align. I find that if you're doing the thing that you love to do as creating and acting that you find that they sometimes find you or you find them. Um sometimes you may be in class and your your acting coach might be like, "You need an agent." And you'd be like, "Yeah, I do." You know, um like I was in an acting workshop and my um, I was doing it with uh, who? What is her name? She Nan Dutton. She was the casting director for NCIS uh, Miami, and she was like, "Why don't you do drama?" I was like, "I don't know, Nan. I don't know why I don't do drama. I would love to do drama." And she was like, "Let me set you up with a meeting, right?" I wasn't. I w- all I was doing was focusing on getting in front of casting directors. People had told me I, you know, I had left an agent who who had left me <laughs> at the time. Um, <laughs> Well, a manager who had left me at the time and dropped out of the business to try to see if I would book another pilot. And I was like, you know what? Just focus on getting in front of casting directors because those are the people who can call me in too. So I just did that. And then I ended up getting an agent and I ended up signing with BRS at the time. Um, So I don't know. I mean, the one thing that's always weird to me is when someone hits me on like Facebook or Instagram is like, I live in Nebraska. How can I get an agent in LA? I was like, first of all, Move to LA um, because that's where the auditions are going to be, or Atlanta, or Chicago, or a city that has auditions. Um, and second of all, like you wouldn't say, "I want to be a doctor." Uh, how can you set me up with, to be a doctor? You would right. say, "Okay, I'm going to go to school and learn how to be a doctor, and eventually I can become a, a doctor." So I think you also have to be working <laughs> in trying to book and get. And even if you have to make your own content, but show that like you can do the thing you want people to represent you to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Something that was always, I think when I was younger, I didn't quite understand it. And I think several very famous people have said this. Philip Seymour Hoffman used to say this, like, focus on the work, focus on the work. Okay, well, Phil, I'm in class. <laughs> you know, <Right. laughs> I'm in class. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. And even my coach has always told us, focus on the work. And I think that's kind of exactly what you're saying as well, Dawn. It's like, if you're focusing on the work, literally, uh, it will lead you to where you're supposed to be. And I know that sounds so like, it's not tangible. It it takes a lot more patience than people are willing to, to put in sometimes. Right. Yeah, I agree. Well, and I know it's hard because the whole thing for you is like, I'm not in the game. Like, yeah, I just like want to get sitting. in the game. Mm-hmm. How it do feels I like get... you're going to sports practice every week, but then you don't ever get to play. Right. Mm-hmm. You sit on the bench. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's also like you sit on the bench 
And then after the game, you go home and talk about how you weren't in the game where other people are shooting 500 jumpers. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. how can you get in the game without doing the thing to get you in the game to show that you can compete? Yeah. You know what I mean? I know so many people who are like, I'm so ready. And I'm like, like for me, I have a person, find a person that um, does something similar to what you do and then map that. So mm-hmm. I look at Sterling K. Brown and he's the first time I saw someone who did what I do, which is like a good looking guy, but also kind of a dork in some ways <laughs> and kind of vulnerable, but also very funny. Right. And I say, I'm not there yet. So every day I continue to work to try to get where he where he is. And I watch everything he does. And I'm like, not there yet. But and then sometimes I'm like, oh, I did that. That was there. But it's not every day. But I have a bar that I've set to say, like, OK, I'm not exactly where I want to be, but I'm also not acting wise completely where I want to be. Mm-hmm. So if I focus on that part, then the other part will come. So you kind of built yourself a roadmap after an actor. That is a really specific idea. I like that. I think uh, the rep thing sometimes gets people because they feel like they are not a real actor unless they have a rep. Did you right. want to say something? Oh, I mean, I, I was about to start my side, which <laughs> Sam asked us to be real today. Be real. Don't y'all be worry. Be real. be real. I'm here to be real. So I worked at a management company as an intern um, back when I first started because I didn't know anything about this business. I only knew New York theater, musical theater, Broadway. And so I was like, I'm going to figure out what I'm doing. So I was an intern in casting. I was an intern in management company. And honestly, at the end of the, d- end of the day, they're... Yes, they're looking for the best actors. Of course, they're always going to say that. At the end of the day, they're looking for actors that they can get out there and make money. Right. They need to be able to book off them. They need to sell. And so the big thing is, is like, you have to find people who align with, it's like, I, I teach a class sometimes where I have to explain it like, between casting and finding a rep and all that, it's kind of like you're choosing a wedding cake and like some people just like red velvet and some people just like carrot and you can only sell carrot to some people. You only sell red velvet to some people and you have to just find people who are just like, you are making a mistake. This is the best damn red velvet you're going to get in town. And you need to find those people who are just so passionate about you that they can get you in so that somebody will literally be like, you were right. This was some damn good red velvet. Mm-hmm. Not what I want right now, but for the next, you know, whatever I got red velvet covered. And so, for some people, it might just be like, like for me, um, my agent and I were friends first for years back when I was interning an assistant and she was an assistant and we just like understood each other. And for years she was an agent and she didn't rep me. And I was just like, I don't understand. Like what else do I have to do? Did you ask her? Well, I always just kind of was like, I mean, I would really love for you to like let me know what I need to do. And then, you know, and that's the thing. <laughs> it's always just like, is there something that you feel like I should be doing? Um, and that's the thing is like, nobody's going to ever tell you exactly what you need to do because that's also, all of this is also part of the culling process of being in Los Angeles as an actor. Like there are just like levels where you have to like be able to fight away at all the things trying to kick you out of LA because the city's overpopulated. We have a lot of people, a lot of actors, a lot of agents, a lot of managers, a lot of directors, etc. And so it's like all part of the culling process of it all. Um, anyway, that's neither here nor there. But anyway, um, and it was just kind of like, it just kind of worked out for me. Um, but honestly, like it's really what we've said, what, what Duan and Brooke have already said is doing the work and letting them find you, but you have to be doing good work. So like, 
please don't invite people to your 99C play if it's not good. It won't do you a favor. <laughs> and if it's not good, please be open to just thinking it's not good. This was an experience for me, not for my work. Which sometimes is just what it is because you can be you can be stellar in a terrible play, you will not look good. That's just how it is. Because all the whole time they're just like, when am I getting out of here? When can I go home? I really want to watch How to Get Away with Murder tonight. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to be here. Um, and that's only, out, they, they'll find that out after like 15 minutes of finding out it's not going to be a good play. Anyway. <laughs> so just do, yeah, do your best work and put it out there and let them try to find you. It's so hard. It's so hard to do. It's so much easier to say. But that's honestly what, because they will only be more passionate about you if they quote unquote found you. I think when I'm thinking about this, I think the clearest answer to kind of rip the veil off, because I think a lot of people would probably be like, and I probably would have been like at the time, like, everyone says just do good work. Everyone says like, just do the work. When I think about it, here's the thing. Why I probably got my first agent and manager is because I was a stand-up at the time, which meant I had a catalog. So people could come, see what I did, or go online and see what I did, which gave agent manager something to be able to say, look what he does, right? So if you don't have anything to say, look what she does, look what he does, how do you think that agent or manager, like you said, um, so clearly is that they need something to be able to get you in the room, like their niceties don't always work and especially early on but once you have something then it's like okay well but look at this look at this film like Brooke you know that she just made and then it went to all these festivals now I have something for you at least to look at and say maybe no but for co-star it's one line so yeah sure bring her in right but if you're just calling like hey um I got Brooke here, and oh, do, do I have anything on her? No, I have her headshot. She's great, on. though. Right. She's great. She, she, she's fire. <laughs> she's real good. She's fire. Like, what? The line is no. She'll kill it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they still need something to make the production team or writer team or whoever excited about you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And so in terms of when people send out, uh, we have a lot of – people who are new to LA who have come, been in class, and they'll ask me, you know, I'm emailing a bunch of agents and managers. And like Miller sat down with me when I sent my last management emails, and he was super helpful. Um, how, have any of you gone about this in a way where you're like, that was bad? Or have you reached out to reps and been like, that worked well? Like, what have you kind of learned in that process? Or is that something you've done? Because I've done it several times, and it's... I'm doing it right now. Bad. I yeah. say try it all. I'm doing I've, it. I've yeah. done it. I'm doing it right now I mean, because I went ago. through a... a, a, a I wasn't kidding. I've uh, gone through bad. a bad situation, so I'm clearing house, and mm-hmm. it's hard. It feels like starting from the beginning, but it's not because I have, I've been doing the work. Yeah. So it, it's vulnerable, but it's just business. It's like, listen, I think we'd be great. Let's meet up. But the the honest uh, answer to that is like you don't get answers. Mm-hmm. So How did I, you target emails specifically? Did you pick people you had known or worked with before? Um, a combination of that, a combination of seeing – what aid doing research hours and hours and hours of research seeing what agencies are booking on what shows that I know I should be booking on or could book on and it's not that's the other thing is like you do the work you do the craft there's the business side of it which I just feel like so many actors aren't talking about or doing yeah and it's yeah. literally so important 
it's so important. So not only am I doing hours and hours of my craft every week, I'm also putting in hours and maybe more sometimes to the business because it takes so much research to know names to faces of people that I, if I don't know, I want to know. Yeah. Right. And the funny thing is once you get that catalog, that then builds your, at least for me, it built my confidence. So before my last agent, um, I left, well, two agents ago, I left that agent because I was on a series and I felt like they were content with me being on a series. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, no, now's the time in, in Baltimore language, time to turn up. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) let's go, let's get films, let's get whatever. Um, And they were like, yeah, we'll do that. And I was like, okay, I don't have time for that. So I signed with another agent. And when I met with them, I said, listen, let's give to each other three months. If it's not working out, then we should probably part ways. I need to get in rooms that I haven't been in. Like, there are people who will call me in all the time. Sarah Finn, who does all the Marvel stuff, because I did a film with Clark Gregg, I know will call me in. You have nothing to do with that. So don't give me an appointment and act like you just magically did that. You know what I mean? And so it didn't work out. And in three months, I said, okay, I'm leaving. Right. Because you also have to not stay somewhere because staying doesn't allow the space for new to come in. Mm, right. Such a big Silent. component of that. Clap. 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 <laughs> clap on and the then mic. and then so I got to the next agency and I have that same conversation because at the time I'm also still booking. So I'm like, listen, I know now I have validation that I can do this thing. So I need to be somewhere who realize, who they see what I do. I think Miller put it so great. You have to be somewhere who they are excited about what you do, um, especially as you get further along in your career. In the beginning, sometimes it is about like, yo, you get me out, like you're weird, but we don't have to talk. Like, let's just never do lunch ever. You know what I mean? Because you just want to get in the game, and sometimes that's what you need, and you can move on. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, th- I think it is like when I moved to – the whole point was when I moved to my last agent, I went through their whole list to see if they had someone like me. And that's when I told my manager, like, hey, our guy moved over from our old agency to this agency. They don't have anyone like me. And surprisingly not, when I go to the meeting, they're like, we don't have anyone like you. Because you have to do the research to know, like, mm-hmm. hey, like, why waste your time sending something to William Morris, Right. Um, and just saying, oh, I'm with a big agency because you'll be shelved. Mm-hmm. Find somewhere where you're like, oh, I see these actors maybe on like guest starring, co-starring all the time. Like who, who reps them? Oh, they don't have anyone like me. Let me try to target them. You have to target, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think it's uh, so much easier now <laughs> than it used to. As yeah. Even though it's, like you said, it's time, mm-hmm. but it's fucking Google. It is mm-hmm. like, it is, it is IMDb, IMDb. Yeah. it is IMDb Pro, it's some, a little bit of casting about maybe, like, when I found my targeting list, and this might be like a good takeaway for some people, I went to the acting class that I'm in now that you guys were in, um, or John Rosenfeld, and I looked at everyone who'd recently booked, and I pulled up all their managers, and then I went through all of their management lists and saw who was like me. So it was like, we already had like a in, and sometimes it's just like a really in-depth Google search. Mm-hmm. Some of them I went to their Instagrams. I was like, mm-hmm. they have a very famous dog on their Instagram. Cool. My email to them will mention their famous mm-hmm. dog. Like, yeah. and, and, and you helped me with that too, of finding some specifics. So yeah, I mean, I, here's, here's another analogy that I use for my class. I hope you it's have to, cake again. <laughs> it's not cake, but don't worry. Love, It'll come back. Cake always cake. comes back. 
you have to treat it like a dating profile or a dating situation. And it's literally like the apps. I mean, the apps sadly have set you up to learn. Like you have to find ways to make people want to swipe right on you. And so if you send a mediocre headshot left, if you send footage that honestly is not your best work, swipe left. It's so much easier to ignore or delete an email than it is to actually respond to somebody, which is not great for us because then it just sends our paranoia into a whole world. But the thing is, is like find a way to make you look your best the same way you would on a dating app or whatever. So you find your best photos and your best photos don't necessarily mean the photos that you look the best in. It's the best photos that capture who you are what is your essence what do you do well um and then on top of that your resume better be clean it better be very easy to read um if it's almost sometimes less is more if you have like a bunch of just crap on there get rid of it i put a lot of stars on my resume yeah. just a lot of stars yeah, I, I didn't know i was pregnant is not always a good thing i don't i, I just in my opinion i just be but careful i was with on those. it three times i mean it's, that's i'm glad you have money for be, that. everyone you has know? a discovery id yeah. channel thing yeah. be there. funny in person don't. but then the big thing that actually i'm trying to work on a lot with a lot of my friends i was going to talk to a few people um about recently is your reels i actually um, was up for a recurring guest star and uh, my reel did not reflect my best work and so uh, blah, 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 didn't get it. Um, and Did they tell you that? I. Uh, uh, so here's the story. Here we go. So I was on an episode of Mom, mm-hmm. which I think I told you about yeah. last time we had coffee. Um, and I was a, a top show guest star and a few weeks later I was emailed the, hey, they want to bring you back and expand your character. And I was like, great, let's do it. Let me know. And then so the next morning they were like, hey, um, we're going to send them your reel. They're asking for your reel. Um, and not casting the producers and the executive person and showrunner and all those, all those people, all them people, Chuck Lord. Um, and so they looked at it. And then three hours later, I get a call from my agent. And she was like, so they saw your reel. And they're wondering if you'd be willing to come back to read again. And I was like, oh, um, even though I already booked and shot. Okay. And so I chose of my own volition to go back in because I was like, I'm going to go do my thing and they'll either want or they don't. And that's the truth of it all. And so I did go back in um, and she was like, just so you know, like they're not going to have you read against yourself. So they are going to see other people. Um, And I went in and Here's a, the, a, the very good thing is I was the only Asian option, except that the other <laughs> option was just all white. So um, at the end of the day, they did cast a white actor because white is right for CBS. Anyway, um, so, but here's the thing. It's like uh, I, whether or not my reel itself was the thing that made them choose to have me read again or not, I'm not sure. Um, but what I realized in that moment was a lot of us make our reels to target agents and casting directors and managers. And they're only like 10% of the people that we should really be gearing it towards. Ooh, let's so, talk about this. Yeah, so my next, my new thing that I'm telling everybody um, is make your reel as if your favorite director requests it in 10 minutes and wants to see it. Mm-hmm. What would you want them to see? Mm-hmm. If it was Steven Spielberg calling you at three o'clock tomorrow, what would you want him to be able to see that you do well or who you are or what you have to offer? John is like Quentin Tarantino, whoever it is, whoever it is for you especially, show your best work so that if they asked it for you from you in five minutes, you'd be like, I got it. And then from there, 
agents will then be able to figure out who you are because you've already put yourself into it for the people that actually are wanting to watch reels to understand who you are. Mm. Because at one point, hopefully, we will, well, no, at one point, all <laughs> of us will get to a point where we will be quote unquote offer only. And then that point in casting, they will send your reel to the director so that they can be like, you're right, let's make an offer. And be like, not for me. But in order to do that, they have to see your best work. Right now, I have friends who are just like, yeah, I guess I'm gonna put my footage of me as a nurse on Grey's Anatomy and me saying that one, like, here's your coffee, sir, and blah, blah, blah. And then they put like all this work that doesn't show who they are. Mm -hmm. It just shows them that they know how to walk and talk and breathe at the same time, which is honestly still hard work, <laughs> but not it's not what who you are and it's not what the best that you have to offer. Mm -hmm. So when you're work, looking at your reels, genuinely look at them. And also, I don't personally, the comedy drama thing, I, who cares? If you are funny and dramatic and you're the best at it, put it all together and then put some separate clips as well. Send them as needed. But like, you know but, what? It's just, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, go ahead. That's great. But make sure it's the best. Because make sure I it's the see best. people that are clipping a comedy and a drama reel and now you've got four and a half minutes and it, it is not your best work, right? That because is a you long... think that you need both. Yeah. Two you minutes, y'all. Two minutes. Tops, two minutes. Well, Tops. I'm, I'm going to agree and disagree. Sure. Okay. I have, Great. you know I me, mean? I have about eight versions of my reel. I have comedy. I have drama. This is just me. I have comedy. I have drama. I have everything I did on the Tyler Perry show. I have everything I did on Greenleaf. I have a recurring show called The Ranch. I have everything I did on The Ranch. I have a recurring show called All Night. I have everything I did on All Night. Because at any point, someone says, like, I, I booked a pilot last year um, that um, with uh, Allison Hannigan and Leslie Bibb and Kerry Washington produced it. And they brought me in five times. And then after that... Um, they wanted to see everything I did on the ranch. And specifically, so specifically, and I specifically sent it and I said, listen, I'm sending this because you've asked for it. But at the same time, I want you to know that my role as a guest star is to set up Ashton and Danny at the time. Mm -hmm. So this is not going to completely show you everything I, I can do, but there is a little bit of funny in here. Um, and obviously I booked it and that was great. And, but I think you have to, I think you have to have different versions that you are, I mean, it's just like, it's just like characters. Like you don't have like four characters. You better have like different, like eight, nine, 10, if you want to work, right. You better be able to play a vulnerable doctor or a, a angry, you know, just divorce his wife doctor. Like, you're not like, I just play doctors. Like, that's so general. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I think every job is going to require some type of different combination. Because you may have some shows that are dramedies. So you need comedy and drama on your reel because they want to know that you can do both. You may have some shows that are dark. And you want some dark comedy so you can show you can do that. Like I, And I think, like you said... Miller, you may just also have clips. And if you just have clips, just send the clips if that's the best thing. Don't feel like you got to send five minutes if it's not five minutes of fire, unless they ask for everything that you ever have in life. Now, do do your reps have all these individual clips? Like, are they all on breakdown services? How does that work? I have them all on um, on Vimeo Password Protected. Okay. And then do you send them to... So they have either? them all. Okay. Um, they have all the links. Okay. But I have them... And at any time, like, for instance, like, 
I'm going to shoot the ranch tomorrow. Like when that comes up, I'll just add it to that and Mm -hmm. I can upload and change the file and they just still have the current version. Cool. Very cool. And I have all of my clips on Dropbox. So Great. you can easily view it because once you send it, you share the link and it comes up and it gives you a viewer so you can watch all of it. The other thing is also, I, I don't know how many people know this, but on breakdown services on the other side of it, if you put them, up, if you put your reel as just one clip, it just comes up as one clip. Totally great. If you put them up as separate clips, what it does is it comes up with a viewer, like a media player. And on the side, it has like the titles of the clips right. and they can just literally click down the list. So it's kind of like a drop down menu of your clips and then they can just watch as needed. Yeah. So you can, and, and your agent can choose mm-hmm. to send it all or they can choose to send only a, few a couple. Things. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So that's another option too. And you can actually, if you already have a reel set up, you can send that reel to breakdown services um, and just tell them like, this is where my clips start and stop. And then they will split it up for you. It's the same cost yeah. as if you would upload it as a regular reel. Did you guys edit your own reels? I did. I used to, mm-hmm. and um, I've been getting better at what is. Wait, outsourcing. Thank you. Yeah, got you. <laughs> because, because my brain like, does like that. Something. You and I both have a. <laughs> because my brain does that. It's not that I'm not good at editing. It's that I I I can put it in someone's hands and edit it with them. So I have a girl that I go to now. Yeah. She's phenomenal. Who is yeah. she? Can we? Landry Albright. Yeah. She's fantastic. Yeah. Cool. You yeah. Send, me, send me your info. Put Absolutely. it in the notes. Okay, yeah. Cool. yeah. And I, I have somebody else that also does yeah? it. Because there are some things that I, you know, I found out this recently is also is you don't have to keep the clips the way that they air. You could rearrange them to show your best work for sure. in a different way. Yep. And so one editor did that for me once and I was like, wait, but it's not... Oh, but it oh. looks so good. <laughs> oh, so sometimes it's just another eye. Honestly, they if they know how to do it, they know how to do it. Yeah, and I think it depends on the scene too. Because if you have something that is broke up, that is broke up, that is broken up. <laughs> oh, sorry, mom. Um, that is broken up over the episode. A good editor can make it look, can piece that together. Which sometimes I would be like, yeah, that's not my forte, but. I'm just lucky enough that most of my stuff now is um, elongated and I have equal opportunity opposite someone, so I don't need as much editing done. But I did want to go back to something you said that I really agree with that we didn't, that we don't talk about a lot is I think a lot of people don't know what they're selling. Absolutely. And that's a huge issue. Like if you don't know what, what you book best, like you should have a category that says, this is something if I get in the room in, it's between me and maybe two other people because that's what I do best. It's like you're shooing. Exactly. Like this is because I was talking to my manager the other day. I was like, I was like, how many times a year do you have people tell you like, oh, I'm so right for this? And he was like, I have some clients who tell me that like six, seven times a year. I said, that is crazy to me because the likelihood that who you are comes up seven times in a year is I, I say this year was the first time in two years that I had something that was like, that is completely me. Mm-hmm. I get a lot of stuff that I'm like, Oh, I could book this, right. but utterly completely me. And so it's weird to me. And I feel like I meet a lot of people who don't know what they're selling and they're like, no, I'm good at, I'm a slash. I'm like good at everything. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I think it goes deeper. Honestly, and it took me years of really listening, processing, and really taking in people's advice. I think it has to do with awareness of yourself as a person. And I think it's scary sometimes for actors to do because we hide behind characters, we hide behind storylines, and we put ourselves second. 
and mm-hmm. I could go on a whole other hour no, of this. Let's, but. let's talk about that. Let's talk about how you each, because that's such a huge thing, and it's something I'm working with a lot of people on right now. It's and, a journey. Yeah, and figuring out who you are and how to market that and how mm-hmm. to sell it to people. So it, go, please go on. I think it, uh, I mean, it started from a coach of mine looking at me in the eyes and saying, Brooke, have you been to therapy lately? <laughs> and I said, oh, coach. <laughs> Not in a few years. Why? Well, maybe that would be good for you. Oh, would it? Would it coach? You know, would it coach? <laughs> and it, it was resistance because I knew what that meant. It meant that I had gotten away from myself. So uh, therapy is a huge part of my life. Journaling, being um, open to receive the uncomfortable thoughts that come through my mind and my myself, my body, and, and becoming aware of those. And then also forming a community and and people around me that I know will support me through the ups and downs, no matter what. So I think it's like building, building this sacred space around yourself. Um, but like Dewan said, it's a journey. It doesn't mean that I figured it out and like, great, got it. Here we go. I change all the time, as does everyone. But I think self-awareness is something that can be scary, but I just think it's so important, especially in this profession. It's did, about... Did you find something that was like... Oh, like this is my this is my shoe in. This is my easily castable thing. Have have you developed like that? Sure. Yeah. Yes, I know. I know what I do well. I also know that there are a lot of women who do what I do very well as as well, who've been going at it longer. Mm-hmm. So I think it's also an element of like continuing to dive into who I am and what that means, and an element of patience, and knowing that my time will come, and and being at peace with that. Yeah. Like, I would love to also say real fast on that is mm-hmm. that. You know, it's easy. It's very, very easy for us to get caught up in like, yeah, I mean, we're like seven people of the same thing in the same room. But at the end of the day, the the faster we can accept that we are our own person Mm. and we are exactly who we are and nobody can actually do what we do the way we do it, the faster we get there, y'all, the more work comes because (laughs) people are drawn to that. It's like a confidence that you can't really manipulate. Um, You can fake confidence all you want, but when you really figure out who you are and what, and and that you are truly unique, it, it it is, it is magnetism that you cannot manipulate. It's not um, manufactured at all, but it takes as long as it's going to take to get there. Yeah. And it's a combination of two things. It's a combination of taking inventory of everything you are, both that you like and don't like the don't like part is the hardest part because you don't want to focus on those things. But if you don't know those things, those can be your advantages in a character Mm -hmm. or who, you know, knowing what you're selling. Um, And then there is meshing that with your acting, right? Because you may not be able to do the thing you do best without practice. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, Because we may, because a lot of times in acting, we tend to, go towards the thing that isn't exactly like us in mm-hmm. our acting. Those are usually our defaults. And so most people don't start. If you if we all started like just being our complete natural selves in acting, we would all be mm-hmm. in such a better place. But we don't. <laughs> we go to like, oh, I want to be, I'm, I'm, I want to, I end up portraying the thing I want to be as opposed to portraying the thing I am. Like for me, I'm a, uh, I call myself like a leading man, a character actor in a leading man's body. Like, I lead with vulnerability. I care a lot, like, um, sometimes to a detriment. Like, I have a hard time playing the, like, strict leading man, the, like, yes, and blah, blah, the Dennis Haysberg. <laughs> like, Dennis, you know what I mean? I look like a Dennis Haysberg, mm-hmm. but that's not what I lead with. So I had to work on that for years to be, 
you know, because I, I want to go to, <laughs> like, I just love to go there. Yeah. Um, and that is, you know, who I naturally am. But I also learned to add these things in my toolbox because I look like a leading man. So I said, there's a lot of roles out there that I, that are for just strict leading men. I need to be able to execute that. It's so interesting. I've kind of been battling with that too, or not battling, experiencing it mm-hmm. because I don't know. I think you guys know me pretty well and can attest to the fact that like I'm a pretty genuinely nice and caring person. I, I like that you're ending that with a question mark. Yeah, Am I? I think so. Am I? But then the past few years, like the major things I'm booking are, I don't even want to call it the B word anymore because I think it, I, don't, I want to take that out of my language, but like the mean girl. Mm-hmm. Aggressive. Yes. But you know, may I say something? Yes. Sir. I have a friend who is a writer and he said, you know, the best performances of those kind of mean roles are from the nicest people <laughs> because okay, so they're the only people who seem to be able to see it from the outside. Whereas people who genuinely are that kind of person aren't even aware that they are. No. Okay. Yes. And I also think that because I get a lot of the same, I get like, I get cast as, as the mean girl. And in that realm, I think because I can, I have like, oh, I mean, anybody who feels like this, there must be a reason for it. And so because you can see either side of it, I who think it just you, honey? fuels Who hurt you, Are you true. in therapy? It's true. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. figuring that process yeah. out, I'm, I'm fascinated when people come into this town and start being successful at like 18, 19, 20, because I'm like, oh my God, do you know who you are? But you're sick. Mm. Like, because I feel like figuring out who I am has, is, is leading to, you know, is going along the journey to success whatever that may be, but I am fascinated when people come out gangbusters young. And I just, I wonder how that process goes when, you know, you don't have to know who you are to book work. Yeah. yeah. That the one and two are not the same. Mm. And those people will have to eventually figure out who they exactly. are. Right. Mm-hmm. And it will hurt sometimes a little bit more because it just took that much longer to mm-hmm. do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially cause that, that category is a different category. If you, if you, Look, if you are eight, if you are actually eighteen and you play sixteen, that is a very small pool of people, and that is a different world mm. that none of us are in, <laughs> thankfully. You're but right. like, no, 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 you don't want to be in that world. Don't worry, you're you have a better world to be in. But the thing is, is like that's just a different pool and different world that, for them, and that's fine. You find your own world, and sometimes for some people, they are the only person in that world, and that's also great. You know, like um, uh, 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 Steve Buscemi. You know, Steve Buscemi for years was just like this one guy. Mm -hmm. And now we like, we're like, no, he's brilliant. He can be whatever, you know. But for a while, he was just in his own little world. And some people were drawn to it. And some people were like, what is going on with those teeth? But you know what? You you have to like, it's it's just, it's just you part of that world. And then eventually people find you and then they get it. You got to Steve Buscemi it and hang on long enough to where he becomes a leading man in the show. (laughs) I think one of the benefits of that age that people forget is that those at that age, they are doing what I try to tell other actors to do. All they're focused on normally is just being present. Like they are, and they don't add a lot of baggage to everything, Mm. right? They're not like, okay, it's five years. I finally got this series regular audition, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Do, I just got the size, and it is me. It is me. I'm about to go in here and kill. You know what I mean? Like they're just like, oh, cool. I get to play this character. Oh, oh, whoa, this is cool. Oh, do that thing. Do that adjustment. Okay, cool. Like there's not like a whole like digesting process, and that is like some of the greatest actors that I know still struggle with. Like, man, 
I'm just like, if I could just be present all the time, I would book so much more work. It's just that all the other things happen. You walk into a room, it's smaller than you thought it was. The casting director says oh, something weird, or the casting director comes out and talks to the, oh, Jason, how have you been? Oh my gosh, Jason, <laughs> I love you so much. Just come in and, you know, or like I've had auditions where I'm sitting there and the assistant's on the phone, like just as far away as you are. Hey, um, we would love David to um, play this role that Dewan is sitting right here um, about to audition for. Is he available? Oh, great. Um, let me send over the dates. Oh, Dewan, go ahead. Go in the room. Like, <laughs> okay, I'm supposed to like now be part. You know what I mean? We have to fight all of those things where I feel like sometimes at 18 and 19, you're just like a squirrel. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And that's, if we can get that, if we can. As long as you can hold on to that, that squirrel mentality when mm-hmm. it comes to your acting, like, and separate that from the business part, I think that's the best. And I think it's also having things outside yeah. of this Absolutely. of this world, mm-hmm. in your world, right? Because yep. at 18, 19, you're thinking about, well, I got to go hang with my boyfriend. Part, we have a party night. Gotta, and... Yeah, yeah, we're going to get, it's going to get lit, you know? Right. And here I am, like, at X amount of years that I am, and I'm like, oh, this is audition day. Right. right. Dun, 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 Can't go out tonight. Can't I go, go out to tonight. bed at like tonight. 9 p.m. Uh, yep. Okay. Well, yeah. 8, 9. Uh-huh. Chamo- chamomile tea before yeah, I go to bed. Tea. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. Bed Work routine, up. night routine, uh, morning routine. Uh, call my friend. Go over it. You know? And it's just like it becomes everything. So I think something else I've learned is like, yes, prep. Be a, can, can you? Yeah. Be yeah. a fucking rock star. Yeah. Um, but also like live your life. Right. And yeah. there's so much life. Yeah. And it's about live your life more. Because this is just a career. It is not who you are. It is Mm. not make or break you. Live your life more. I had a friend recently who didn't want to go take a vacation because they were afraid they were going to miss an audition. I've been and there. I was like, you're going to get an audition because you're taking a vacation. Mm-hmm. Just go. Live your life. Yeah. Bring a camera. It. Tape it. <laughs> I mean, the amount of times I saw Sam putting on Instagram, like having the tape again while she's on a beach. And I'm like, good for you. Live Every your time. life and tape. Yeah. Buy, a plane, <laughs> buy a fucking plane yes. ticket and get an audition. Yeah. It Absolutely. is across the board. Refundable. Southwest. <laughs> yeah. Only Southwest. I mean, seriously, live your lives. Everybody, please just live your lives. Yeah. It's, it's, it, the more human you can be, the more interesting we are. Actors are not interesting, by the way, because actors who just take all their life and be like, I'm an actor. Yeah, so is 30% of this town, 40 at least. Be a person who happens to be an actor. Mm. Whoa, how interesting. Right. Yeah. Live your lives. Well, it- Uh, You touched on something that people also wanted to ask about is routines. And if you have them, if you've like thrown them out the window, like you have kids, can you even have a routine? Um, You guys all also have jobs. Like how, what, what's your day to day? Do you have audition routines? Um, Anything you want to share? I think you have to know. And again, this goes back to knowing who you are. Like though, like I think I spent the best years like, going out and doing like at the time we could do casting director workshops and doing like three a month and just like or like sometimes six a month and just putting all my money towards that and then figuring out my process of what do I need to do to be as prepared and be able to be present as possible and my thing is I learned that I'm not a memorizer I'm a runner like I have to run it like you can give me four pages and I have five lines if I try to memorize it, when I get in the room, it feels like everything is moving at light speed. Will you explain like, the difference between the two? Yes. For so memorizers are, I love them, I wish I was one, um, are people who can take um, the scene and memorize their lines or the entire scene, hopefully, or the story, um, which I think is more important, um, and be off book and not need someone else to um, actually run the scene with them. 
I work off of what we call a runner, which is I need someone physically reading lines with me and usually different people to inspire the thought of, you know, once I know the story of where my thought comes from off of someone else. So I need to just continuously feel it in my body, um, get up, do the scene, a runner, I guess in in layman's turn, is someone who needs to do the scene over and over and over. Mm -hmm. But I can do a scene, if I've run it, I can get 13 pages off book in like 15 minutes. Um, just because of, number one, from doing Tyler's show where we got so much information. But two, um, because I know the story, once I start to get it in my body, my body now is working with my mind and they're all working in one accord. Um, so that is mainly my routine. It's usually like after I, I sit down, I learn the story, I learn how that person is different from me because the base is always going to be me no matter what I do, and then get up and start trying to figure out um, where this person lives in me and get advice from other actors who I trust. Mm -hmm. That's great. You mean routines as far as auditions and the work goes? Yeah, or? if you want to auditions or if you have any other like day-to-day -day life routines that just... Yeah, I'm pretty single, first of all. So that is uh, you know what I'm saying? part Somebody. of... And <laughs> she's fine. Find her on the apps. She's so fine. That, that is a part of why I'm, my routines are so religious. So mm -hmm. uh, my morning routine, I'm usually up on a normal schedule, up by five, if not earlier. Um, journaling, <laughs> meditating, my own prayer um, time, and then um, usually writing or working on my acting. I also write. So I know that about myself through learning about myself. That is, my, that is when my mind is fresh. It's how biological. You, uh, how do you work on your acting by yourself early in the morning? It depends on what I'm working on. Okay. If that means I'm reading a script for class, if that means I'm going through many sets of sides and deciding what I'm going to self-tape for the day because I'm mm -hmm. going to be practicing mm -hmm. later with a partner. Or um, maybe I'm doing research uh, on cast directors. Whatever that means, that's when my mind is fresh. Uh, usually, usually writing is happening in the early morning and then uh, reading scripts cool. to prepare for a rehearsal or something later mm -hmm. in the day. Um, and then my evening routine, I have really bad issues with insomnia because... The mind and the anxiety. Mm -hmm. I deal with anxiety and depression, and it gets really bad at night. So I do Tim Ferriss's night routine. Highly suggest it. Google it. It changed my life. I love him. It's just a, it's a special tea. It's not drugs. <laughs> it's just a, a herbal tea with this special organic honey, a hot bath, and then reading and meditating, reading nonfiction. No, reading fiction, <laughs> reading fiction. that has nothing to do with your career. Um, so usually I read Harry Potter, and then I meditate, and I sleep like a baby. Wow. Yeah. My dear okay, friend cool. um, turned me on to that a few years ago and it honestly changed my life. Oh, yeah. I'll link that in the show notes. Or you can too. be like me and get two kids and sleep like a baby no matter what. Hey, I said I was single. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can, I mean, you can go get two kids, bro. You know, it's not, do you, it's not that expensive. Remember, do you remember what silence sounds like? <laughs> <laughs> no. Not at all. Um, and then do you have like an audition routine? Like say you just get an, a co or a guest star or something. So if it was a longer audition, let's say I got it late at night. Again, I know my body and my mind. Instead of I know a lot of my actor friends would stay up all night to learn it. Nope. I know my brain doesn't work that way. I'll read the script, know the story, go to bed, wake up very early, start rehearsing it, and then have someone come over to uh, rehearse, get to know the story. Kind of like Dwan does with the runs. The runs. With the runs. <laughs> we all have runners. <laughs> runners running it. Yes. And cool. uh, if it's, you know, a, 
had a few series regular auditions this pilot season. Coach it. Coach it twice. Coach it three times. Awesome. It's an insane investment sometimes it feels like. Like the money you're just like giving. It's the most expensive career. But mm-hmm. then you walk in the room and you just know you did your best. When do you, uh, do you guys all have a line of which like you're like, oh, this is something I'll coach for? Like how do you decide whether you're going to coach for it or not? Yeah, definitely. Um, when I have no clue what I'm looking at. I go out a lot. So and usually I know where something lives. And, but then I'll get something that is not on the spectrum of normalcy, mm-hmm. um, where I'm like, I have no clue what this is. I just need someone to help me figure out where this lives in my body. Mm-hmm. Um, and so also the one thing I was going to talk about, you were talking about running it. I also run it to figure out where the disconnect is in the story, because I'll, you realize that after you run it so many times, you're like, why am I still not getting this one part, mm-hmm. right? So that's when you may go to memorization or go to, like, figure out the hole in the story or, yeah. and such. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not quite – I mean, I look up to Vaughn. He's a huge inspiration Only because I'm 6'4". That's, only all, that's I'm the six only four. reason why. Um, no, I, I'm not quite uh, – I'm not in the same career point as Donis, so I'm not going out as much. And um, they're, they're few and far between for me right now. So mm-hmm. I really do coach on everything. Really? Uh, I'm getting to a point where I feel um, more comfortable because I'm self-taping three to five times a week, just anything, just to be on camera. Um, but it, I don't know. It's just it, it's important to me right now where I am to be coaching on most. It, but most even just to be able to take the adjustment. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I feel, and this may be just me, I don't know about you guys, but I feel like... Sometimes I get too locked in. It doesn't happen a lot um, because my calling card, I love to be malleable. I'm always like, yo, if they just tell me if we're going to – because I always say that when I walk in the room. They're like, do you have any questions? I'm like, well, I'll show you what I got, and afterwards we can play if you want. And they're like, I love that because Mm. I love to be malleable. So (laughs) I'm like, where I win jobs is when they're like, try this, try that, try this. And I'm like, yeah, it's like a buffet. Just throw it in. But sometimes (laughs) I do get locked in. But the good thing about coaching is it puts your body in the mind and your brain in the mindset of like there is no right or wrong. Be prepared that this could change at any minute. So don't think you are the person who has – you're coming in with the golden – audition like yeah. once you see this blah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know what and, I mean yeah and I used I've to totally be in that, that mindset yeah. totally done, I've been like I'm gonna show them exactly what they haven't seen and yet like, I know and then I you come do the in opposite and, like, and you're like oh <laughs> like, what is the opposite wait you don't want me to be standing during this I didn't rehearse it. it's yeah just, it's so easy to fix that stuff yeah. at home it's all about the malleable yeah um I don't coach as often because my coach is in New York so it's a little mm-hmm. bit harder um, but it's the same thing. It's like the only time I really feel like I need to is if it's something I cannot figure out the story or it's just like the writing I just don't understand, <laughs> which there have been those where I'm just like, they must have been on some serious drugs and they are not sharing. <laughs> um, and so that's really the only time. Um, but I do, overall, I, I focus a lot on the story. Um, I focus a lot on my behavior. Um, I focus a lot on just... What, what what kind of project it is and what this scene does for that project because there has to, there's usually not always a reason why they wrote they wrote that scene and I just need to figure out the purpose of that first before I even worry about like my my character and right. what I'm doing there because the scene is more important to figure out what's going on um, so that I don't coach as often I mean I coach other actors. And I think that's the big thing is just even running auditions. It's best because when you're auditioning, you, sometimes the, the 
pressure of a job gets in the way of you being able to see everything so clearly. Whereas like, you know, when you're running somebody else's audition and you're like, no, it's so obvious. Why don't you see this? Right. And they the can't time. see it because there's a job on the line for you. There's the stakes are low. So having somebody else who can be impartial and just see it for what it is on the outside makes such a difference. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's another reason why like, when I coach actors, I don't try to gouge people because it's not cheap as it is for a career anyway. And I don't believe in paying people paying $60 for an hour, yeah. but that's, I, <laughs> I, I mean, and to add on to that, I think we really do have to be vacuum salesmen. Like we really do like a vacuum salesman. If they come to your door and you say, Hey, do you want a vacuum? You slam the door in their face. They're like, okay, I'll go to the next door. Mm-hmm. They don't say, mm-hmm. why did that person slam the door in my face? Like it's I me, was so wrong. It? Like, yeah. yeah. And that's the thing, like, when you coach with someone and they're like, no, like, you're kind of way off. For me, I'm like, okay. Like, it's not, a, it, my ego's not hurt because, again, like you said, like, there's a job on the line. There's pressure on the line. There's lack of time. You know Reputation. what I mean? That's what, yeah, all yeah. those things. So I, I go to someone else to help me figure it out sometimes. And then sometimes it is literally, like, two words from them. I'm like, got it. Like, and then I'm like, thank you so much. As opposed to, like going in my head and being like, no, like I'm right. Why I, I have to be right. I'd spent so many years trying to be right. And that really didn't get me, you know, too far. You know, we forget about the play. We you forget about pl- why we came do. to this for in the beginning. We you just, know? yeah, we just had somebody join our class and she had been on a daytime for a lot of years and now had lost that. And like, kind of was like, I haven't booked in like two and a half years. And I was like, because you, I can see you're not having any fun. I said, every audition that I have, even the ones that I'm like, eh, I'm like, I find one thing in it and I usually change it. And it's not, and it's always in line with the story, but it's always usually the thing that gives me joy. So making that change just gives me a little bit of control and it's always going to be in line with story, but is to say like, this is how you play. Like I have control in this. I get to play. And now I'm having, I'm going to have fun no matter what. Cause I can't wait like to do this one thing that they're going to see and be like, Oh, that was his own. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. I love that. Um, I had something else to say. Oh, okay. So uh, piggybacking off the vacuum salesman thing. This is a metaphor that I'm really trying to spread because I love it. It's about ice cream, but it's not ice cream. But I think it's incredibly helpful. At least I think so because I came up with it. (laughs) When it comes to auditioning, I really want people to think like you are an ice cream store. Or I'm sorry, you're an ice cream flavor in an ice cream store. And somebody's coming up and they just want to try a bunch of ice cream flavors. Maybe Brooke is salted caramel. For sure. And then Dewan is red velvet. I thought oh. I was chocolate. No, 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 no. <laughs> not that easy. Give me a little bit more credit. And then so, and then and then between the two, and granted, yes, technically genders and blah blah blah. blah. But like right now, it's just salted caramel. You're telling me they it. don't go up with the same rules? I mean, they can't see them, so I guess. I, don't know. Um, I mean, I could turn around. It's like, and Sam Valentine is like. I don't want you to be vanilla. Bean. You it's just so almost boring. said vanilla. Wow. I know it would be it would be Birthday Madagascar day. vanilla at the very least. But no, you wouldn't be that. Technically, okay. I think you would be a sorbet. <laughs> If I, think I don't of, know how to say I'm that. sorry. I think she's it's a, it's a birthday cake. Excuse me, sir. I don't think you're a birthday cake. Sorbet? <laughs> I fucking hate you. <laughs> but it could be a chocolate sorbet, which yeah, yeah, I yeah. think is amazing, personally. Anyway. Anyway. So, anyway, somebody's going in, and they're going in and trying all these flavors. Those are your auditions. At the end of the day, they're only going to choose one flavor. They're not like, solid caramel's 
gross. And they're not like, I definitely think Red Velvet is awful. They're usually just like, I think I want this. I mean, and coming from somebody who spends a lot of time in ice cream shops tasting flavors, <laughs> like I'm never just like, oh, this was awful. It's just like, no, that's not what I want right now. Like, I just want this, like, bananas foster. Like, it's what I want, you know? Mm. Um, and can, yeah. can I add on to that analogy, which I think will put it over the top, but you may disagree because it's your analogy. And they already have pie. Yeah. They have a pie that they're trying to see what ice cream goes with that pie. Yeah. So they pie may taste... Pie is a celebrity in this situation. Right. <laughs> so they may taste caramel and be like, that's some damn good caramel. But I have an apple pie. So what I really think will fit with that is vanilla. Even though the caramel tasted better. So it's not always about like you don't get the job because you're not the best actor for it. You just may not be... You may not fit into this equation. And this equation is long. Like, it's super long and stupid. So, like, if you try to make sense of it, you, you, you can't. So, remember that it's not just because you're like, I tasted the best. Yeah, you did. But you didn't fit into the, the, the smorgasbord of other things that they had already. And then the other thing is, maybe you're not even ice cream. Maybe what? you are cake. You know what? Cake is great, too. It's just not what they want right now. I've had plenty of moments where I'm like, I don't want ice cream right now. I want a slice of seven-layer chocolate cake, mm-hmm. and that's what I want. And I'm a person who I'm like, I'm going to go find it. And that's very similar to these producers and directors mm-hmm. and writers. They're going to try to find it. And so another thing is like people who are always like, why don't they just want the best actor for the job? Because in order to find the best actor, they would literally have to see every single actor <laughs> to find the actual best. They don't have time for that. They want to find the right actor for the job. And that's where it gets hard because we start we start taking it personally. Like, I know I was great. And it's like, it wasn't about you. They needed what they needed in that moment. They wanted their red velvet ice cream. They wanted their salty caramel ice cream. And that's what fits with the apple pie. Your cake, wait your turn. Yeah. People will want you. You just have to continue to be rich, chocolate, silky cake. Mm. I can do this all day. And you know what? And I, I, I lied about not figuring out the equation. I think it actually is helpful to try sometimes to do the research to figure out the equation. Like, I just went out for a pilot, and it was for... Uh, Kerry Washington was... Oh, man, I didn't mean to say that. Whatever. Um, <laughs> Kerry Washington was also producing it, so they brought me in. And when I looked... When, you know, I came in a couple times, and... When I didn't end up getting it, but if I look at the equation, the lead and I look kind of alike. So, and then sometimes like when I go out, anytime I'm going out for like romantic interest, what I love to do and what I feel like I do best, if the lead is not 5'8", it's highly unlikely that I'm going to get it. If the lead is 5'2", like I just went out for a movie um, that I think is going to be super dope, and they announced who got it, the the female lead, who I would have played opposite, she's five foot. Mm-hmm. Oh. Most directors are going to be like, I can't get you that can't in the two shot, and frame. I don't want to try to, I don't have time to figure it out. So mm-hmm. let me it's first. a lot of Apple boxes. Right, exactly. <laughs> let, me, let me first, and she's, she's a star. Mm-hmm. So it's more about her. Like People's like, but it doesn't matter. Yeah, Vince Vaughn is 6'6". Six, six. But Vince Vaughn is the famous person. So now those women who've been waiting been like, I'm 5'9". Like, thank the Lord, Vince Vaughn. Hi, hi. She's waiting. You know what I mean? Like, that is what starts the equation. So when you look at the equation, sometimes you got to say like, okay, well, 
yeah, I did really well there, but there's a lot in this equation that I don't map up with. So I can kind of see why I didn't get it and ease that. It eases it for me sometimes. It's a business perspective. Exactly. It's true. And we're running a business. Yeah, we have to remind ourselves of that all the time. <laughs> um, okay, so we're about to wrap up. Um, I just want to ask you guys each a more personalized question that we kind of didn't hit on. So Miller, I'll kind of start with you. With your background in casting and management and things like that, um, is there like one or two things that you wish all actors knew that they don't know about coming from the back end? <sighs> Business is not fair because life is not fair. Um, that's my first thing. Um, and the more you just try to, the more we all try to just be who we are and not like I. Nothing makes me cringe more nowadays than an actor's like I can play anything. Um, it's just not true. You just you can't. And the faster you can accept that, the more you can actually play the roles you can play. And then when you do get the chance to do that. Go in, do your job, get the hell out. Don't don't do anything else. Just literally go do your job. Like just go do your job. Everyone just go do your job. Um, because at the end of the day, like you know, like I like another thing I'm trying to debunk is like people being like, yes, like the cast director wants you to do well, and I'm like, no, the cast director just wants you to do your job. <laughs> they ask you to come and act, and you're over here trying to like give them a three act play, but like in the wrong gen- genre, and it's just like just go do, go tell your story that you've been given in the scene. Go tell your story go that's it um with managers and agents i mean it's just just keep just being who you are and not taking it personally that somebody doesn't get you because it's just like dating it's like you have to find someone who just understands you for who you are and you know sometimes it's so fascinating sometimes it's like the more the unique person look look it is the more unique they feel so then people are drawn to it and sometimes they're like no that's actually a detriment and i'm like listen it, it works when it works and it doesn't it doesn't it's just you have to be patient um and then for other people it's like well i look like one in a thousand and i'm like then find who you are and let them know who you are um and that could be through the work by doing like a bunch of indies until they figure it out and then they'd be like one of them hits a sundance or it could just be like you just got to keep working until, you know, you're Octavia Spencer and Melissa McCarthy who paid their dues. They paid their dues. And there is no um, way to figure that out early. You just have to do it and then learn it as it happens. Um, there is one more thing. Oh, I remembered earlier about the mailings. Um, I was going to say, uh, what was I going to say? Um, just because you send out to 300 and you don't hear from any of them, does not mean anything about you as a person or your acting talent or who you are. It just means that at that moment, they weren't interested. And like, it was really hard for me. I don't know about you, Duan, but like, as an, I, I didn't have an agent for seven years. Um, and for five and a half of them, it was because they already, quote unquote, had one. And let me tell you, when I was in an office once and they were like, we just someone signed someone like you, and they flipped the, the computer around, and I was like, that guy is a model. Um, he belongs on the CW. I belong on Freeform, which was ABC Family at the time. I don't know how you see us as the same person, but cool. Have a good day. So it, it just, it, it's, and, I mean, and still, it's like I know so many people who are still dealing with so many of, the ethnicity thing is still, but like, it just takes time. And you just have to keep, just keep doing it because 
eventually they can't say they you know when they won't say no to you for sure when you're 85 years old and they need someone to be 85 because that's a very small pool let me tell you that <laughs> hanging on awesome thank you um okay so dewan i wanted to ask you specifically time management skills because you pack in so much of a full life into your day-to-day is there anything you've learned that you could really share with other people in in managing your time for family jobs bookings how how what do we need to know uh I guess I would say when you're doing something, be doing that thing. Multitasking is an overrated skill um, because it just means you're doing more than one thing not well. Um, so when I'm with my kids, one the best thing I ever did was buy an Apple Watch because um, usually every 15 minutes I would need to check my phone to see if an audition came in or blah, 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 right? And that turned into, oh, now I got to check ESPN. Now I got to check Deadline. Now I got to <laughs> check CNN. You know what I mean? And now with my, my Apple Watch, I don't get any put any um, endorsements from Apple. Um, <laughs> it basically just, when I have an email, it'll pop up on my watch and I can look and say, oh, if that's something I need to check or if it's something or not. Um, and I just think you have to... I when I first started I, I used Will Smith's motto, which is like I don't know if I'm better than everyone else. I just work harder than them. So the day is done when I say the day is done. And sometimes, you know, like I get an audition at five PM and I open it and it's like fourteen pages at nine AM tomorrow. Until I put my kids to bed, I do not look at the audition. I do not I do not stop what I'm doing and try to be with my kids and read my sides. Mm. Like I'm with my kids and then I'm doing the audition and I put in as much work as I need to and set up whatever sessions I need to the next day and it's literally about just being present but and that also translates to my acting. So now because I don't multitask when I go to auditions I'm less likely to be multitasking, to thinking what the casting director is thinking, to think if I, oh, do I want to touch the chair right here because that's a nice chair and it'll look mm-hmm. cool on camera, or am I going to, you know, like I'm just being present. And so that's also a thing that we have to do is you're not going to just be present in your acting by doing anything but that in your life. Like it doesn't really work that way Mm -hmm. um and if it does work that way write a book on it and sell it for millions of dollars because i haven't seen anyone do it well um but yeah like just just outwork people and i think i said this last time but i'll say it Mm -hmm. again like it's crazy to me that people are in acting classes and the assignment is like do these three scenes and they come in and they do one scene and they're like but i'm so ready to be on a series I'm like, so why aren't you putting up three scenes every night? Like, why aren't you just smashing anything you get? What else do you have, coach? Because I'm trying to, I'm trying to get there as fast as possible. I'm trying to pass everybody in this room. Like, I'm acting every day. Like, it's, it's weird how the work ethic doesn't match up to what you want. Mm-hmm. So, when your work ethic matches up to that, that's when you can start saying, "What else do I need to do?" Because I'm doing everything possibly that I can. And I think most people will say, "Yeah, I can put in a little bit more work." And you can't look at the other person like you can't look at me because I come into class and put up one scene because I was just shooting yesterday or I had three auditions the other day. So I only need to put up one scene to to be able to do what I need to do. So it has to be personally driven. Mm-hmm. It has to be like I'm going to outwork myself and whatever comes from that is always going to be beneficial. 
That's awesome. Ugh. Love that too. Um, Brooke, hi. Uh, so you <laughs> recently finished a film. Yes, you did. I did. Yes, she did. Um, will you tell us about that experience of making your own work, what that process was like, and what uh, tips or advice you would give to people who are kind of thinking about making their own project? Sure. Um, or delaying. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, this was my sixth short film. So I've been doing this pretty consistently at least one a year for like the past six years. It's been a learning experience. I've learned a lot about behind the scenes. Um, I've asked a lot of favors, which doesn't always mean money. It can mean um, pulling in advice or, um, you know, having <laughs> Don't tell mentors. anybody that that's what I do with this podcast. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, what was the process like? It was um, great. It's a very personal story about my past demons. So it was very um, timely in that I have worked on myself for many years, so I was ready to tell the story. Um, it was an incredible uh, because I financed it myself. I had saved enough money to do that and do it on this particular shoot, and then I hired an entire female cast and crew. So it was very awesome to put down any myths that there aren't enough women behind because it was oh, yeah. very, very easy, honestly to find <laughs> and and then pay, you know like it, I'm, I'm just being completely honest I I had intention but it was it was easy to make it happen and then the day of shooting was fantastic now we're on the festival circuit um just one best director in Phoenix which was um an honor and um, we're off to New York at the end of this month um you know it's very liberating to make your own work uh, it puts the power in your hands and where we don't often feel that we have that as actors even though we do we do we don't always feel that way so I encourage I think it's so it's so easy to make anything these days um yeah I was shooting on like a very nice camera but I'm also working on a short right now that's non-narrative and I'm shooting um kind of collage pieces on my iPhone mm. because we can shoot in 4k now on our iPhones like it's incredible uh and it's so easy to get great sound so I just encourage you wherever you are just like remember that you're a storyteller and you can start telling your own stories today it you don't have to start with a big budget just like sh start shooting things that inspire you you're walking down the street and you see trees that are lit a certain way and it makes your your the hair on your arm stand maybe you should take a picture of it or take a video so I think it's just about opening your eyes up as a storyteller to what's around you, not just auditions we get from our agents. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Where would you tell people to get started if they've, maybe they've written a couple pages, like what, how, how do you translate that into a project? Cause I think sometimes that's the hardest part right. is getting the ball rolling. I think, um, you know, like I had talked about before your communities that surround you just start asking like who has a camera, who has lights, who's willing to do this with me or think about who you're casting in it. I think it's just one step at a time. I think it can get overwhelming. I'm working on, I'm in pre-production for my next short, and I'm working with a few people where this is their first one. And it's it's cool to now have been through it so many times where I'm like, girlfriend, deep breath. We just got to get through today. So what are our tasks for today? Awesome. Then tomorrow we do the next thing, right? And it's just a, a, how anything is. It's one day at a time. So I would say reach out in your community to find who has equipment if you don't want to shoot on your iPhone, if you want to do something else. Mm -hmm. And then I think a lot of actors that I've come into contact with about this conversation are like, well, I can't write. I'm not a writer. I promise you most certainly are. And you're probably <laughs> a really good writer, because your brain is thinking from dialogue. You read scripts and you know you have that feeling when something is good or not. 
It's because you're translating. You know what good dialogue is because you're an actor and you've said words that make sense. You've said words that don't. So trust that that's already in you. So remember, you don't have to show any writing that you do to anyone. So just start get, getting in that like daily rhythm of it. It doesn't have to be at 5 a.m. But <laughs> if you just start writing ideas and creating characters, I mean, it, it just takes, you know, one day at a time. Is that a cliche to thing? A cliche thing. No, the theme of this podcast has been patience. One day at a time. Oh, <laughs> and then I think, yeah. Oh. Sorry, really That's love okay. that show. Okay, it's okay. Um, I mean, that actually brings me up to one really quick thing. I just yeah. wanted to say. I told myself I was on a podcast anytime soon. I just need to say this, um, dear fellow actors that are of a white appearance. Please do not buy into the fact that your agents are telling you that all roles are going ethnic. It is an unfair statement that agents are saying to you because they cannot get you an audition and putting the blame on ethnic actors. I can personally tell you, I am not going out more now at all. I'm barely going out more at all. So please, and I don't know, I don't know Dewan's, I don't know his situation. I, 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 I know Dewan is sitting next to me and like, <laughs> and I know he is working, but just because he is working is not just because he is a person of color. It is because he's worked his ass off. And I, I just met the guy and I can tell he works his ass off. I work my ass off to even get where I am now. And I'm, I know there's still so much more and I'm still having to work that much harder. please, your agents are just trying to tell you something to make you feel better because you're not auditioning because they can't get you auditions, not because actual roles are all going ethnic. If you don't believe me, watch The Kids Are All Right on ABC because that entire show is proof <laughs> enough that not all work is going ethnic. No judgment on the show. I'm just letting you know well, it's a white show. And if you want to, here, here's the thing. If you want to decide for yourself... Go to Deadline, click on Pilot Season Panic, and just look at the pictures. Just look, don't even look at it. It'll just have all the leads who have ca been cast for this pilot season. And then tally up how many are non-Caucasian and how many are Caucasian. If, if, I mean, but for, here's the thing. Like, it's just, an, it's just an excuse not to work hard. Like, if, if you're dope, you'll work. I promise you. Like, if you're dope, you work, you're not crazy, you're not needy, you can show up to set, do your job, you make sure you have a catalog that shows what you can do, and whether you make it or whether you start figuring out how to book work, like, you will work. So, like, there's no point of trying to figure out, like, why, oh, I didn't get the job because they went ethnic on it. Like... I've had because you weren't the right flavor. I've had auditions where <laughs> I didn't get jobs because they didn't go black on it. Like I'm not looking at Miller over here. Like yo, son, I just went in for something and they cast the Asian dude. This is all your fault. <laughs> like it just like it's it, to me. It's an excuse. Like what we are where we're at in our country too. Like it's an excuse mm -hmm. to be lazy. It's just another like making yourself a victim. Like oh, I work. Yeah. You know I've worked so hard. I've worked, and it's I have you guys read the War of Art. Of course. It's, it's so good. Uh, they're talking about like resistances can come in different forms. And like one is like making yourself the victim. Like, mm -hmm. oh, they're not casting me right now. Oh, they're mm -hmm. no, like someone is going to cast you soon. 
So like, why would you use that as like ammo against yourself now in, in any capacity? It's perpetuating the problem that we're fighting so hard against, which is inclusion. So the let's people, not make blanket statements. Well, the people yeah. I know who say they work so hard are the people who aren't doing anything. Mm. They're either not booking or they're not creating their own stuff. The people I know who are always busy for some strange reason don't have time to say anything, but I'm tired. <laughs> so good. Yeah. Because so usually that happens when you work hard, you get tired. So mm-hmm. you don't have time to like evaluate what's <laughs> why I'm not doing what I want to be doing because <laughs> someone's in my way. And then I just ask anybody else who understands this statement and feels enlightened enough to do so, please let anybody else you catch hearing saying those that, that statement and just please let them know that they are just buying into something that they just don't understand because... We're not, I am, I as a person of color, I'm not going to be able to convince someone as easily. And I don't necessarily feel like that's my job to, to tell them. Um, but I would really like them to know that if anything, if you want to blame somebody, blame famous people because they're taking everything. That is true. <laughs> that, that is a statement that no one can deny. Like if you look at the top leads on every show, I guarantee you they're likely going to be famous. They're taking all so those commercials too. They, they're taking everything. Meryl Streep is doing HBO, y'all. So, you know, TV Buckle up. Mm. Buckle up and work hard. Guys, this was awesome. (laughs) Thank you so much. I know. The problem is we could go forever and ever, and I'm like, "Mm, we all have to go. Um, (laughs) Where do you guys want to pimp anything out? Uh, Your film, your Instagrams, your reels? I mean, anything you want to, like, share with people? Any projects you're working on or anything? Follow me at It's Miller Time. Uh, It's Miller, T-A-I-M-E. Um, I will not promote anything on there though. So just look at all the food that I post on there. And <laughs> He's really good at food analogies. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I mean, I have an episode of the affair coming up, but I don't even know when. So awesome. I don't know. Love that show. One. Um, I don't like to put myself, I mean, I've, I'm recurring on the ranch right now. I'm going to shoot, um, a couple of episodes of a Marvel show that I can't say next week. Awesome. Um, and then, um, up for another TV show um, that I'll find out in a couple of days, probably. But um, don't worry about me. Like, book, go worry, worry about booking work. Like, oh, may, may I real fast? I also just got released from a Wendy's today, so balance. Bad day. <laughs> balance. Not a bad day. It's fine. I just yep. wasn't what they needed. I no. was not their flavor. <laughs> Uh, you can follow me on all platforms at Brooke Tranter, T-R-A-N-T-O-R. That's where you can also find my film that we were talking about called Yours or Mine. And I will be on another episode of The Enemy Within on April 15th. Yes, you will. Yeah. If this is out before then. Uh, it'll be out after that. Hulu. <laughs> Streaming. But can I say one last thing? Yeah. I, 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 I want to go back to the first point I made and I'll, it'll be really quick. I really want people to find someone that they align with and really be honest with yourself and say, do, is my work that good? Like find a couple of people and say, is my work that good? Because I, I find so many people who don't realize that they're not, and that doesn't mean you're not going to work. That doesn't mean you can't book co-stars and guest stars and commercials and all that other stuff. But I find so many people are talking about why am I not on a series and their work doesn't align with it. And you have to be realistic to be able to get to that point. So just find some people that you're like, yo, they're so dope. If I can get to that point and continue to work to that point, because you will get to that point if you if you continue to work that way. But it gives you a a fair platform to realize where you kind of stand and if you should be getting the work that you're actually asking for. 
Mm-hmm. I love that. All right, guys. We've given you a plethora of takeaways today, so uh, I will talk to you in just a bit. And that brings us to the end of today's episode. I hope you guys loved this first roundtable of the season. There is another group podcast coming up later this season, so stay tuned for that one. Miller, Dewan, Brooke, thank you guys so much for your time, for your input as always. You guys are incredible humans, and thank you for being a part of this podcast. You guys can always check out One Broke Actress if you want to look up anything else on them or about today's podcast. If you're looking ahead to later this week, we are doing a solo episode. We are doing, I mean, I am doing, but I need your help, so it's a we. I will be doing a solo episode all about time management for actors. Listen, I really need your guys' input on this one because, to be honest, it's still something I'm figuring out. I would love to know your routines, things you've learned along the way, maybe an app or two that's made a difference for you. Uh, Whatever has helped you, help me help other people (laughs) through your stories. Basically, we all need a little help here, guys. So um, please make sure to respond back to the email that's in your inbox because you're probably subscribed from the One Broke Actress website, uh, or to my Instagram, at One Broke Actress, or at Sam Valentine. Give me all your info on actor time management, and also just lifetime management in general. There's so much, you know, we could put into play here. So share it with me. Share it with everyone. I'm recording early, guys, so get me your stories by Tuesday. All right, guys. I will talk to you later this week. <laughs>